So we're continuing in our series, B. And this morning, it's Be Filled with the Holy Spirit. Start, our scripture is based in Galatians 5. I'm going to start with verses 16 to 18. Am I supposed to do something with this? Have I got to do, uh, this is technical. Oh no, good, I don't, I'm glad I don't. Right, good. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living freely within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. So who is the Holy Spirit? Just a small topic for a Sunday morning. I think it is necessary that we have some understanding of who it is we are being asked to yield ourselves freely and fully to. John 16 verses 7 and 8. Unless I go away, the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regards to sin, righteousness and judgment. And moving on a little bit, John 16, 13 and 15. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me, Jesus, by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. That is what the Holy Spirit does. He takes what belongs to Jesus and he gives it to us. All that belongs to the Father is mine, says Jesus. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So, the Holy Spirit enables us to live in a way that keeps our fleshly desires from dominating us. The Holy Spirit longs for us to give ourselves freely and fully to his leading. He guides us in all truth. It is the Holy Spirit that is the one who can explain all the things 
we don't understand. Now that, that is an incredible statement. The Holy Spirit can explain all truth. All truth is, in, is within the Holy Spirit. In my experience, he doesn't always answer my questions directly, specifically, in their entirety. However, if I persistently and openly and diligently ask for a truth, it is my experience that I get enough of an answer to settle my spirit. So if you have questions that prevent you from fully embracing the Holy Spirit, that stop you fully embracing the life that is offered to you, then I really would suggest that you diligently and persistently and with an open heart ask the person that's got the answer. So don't ask me. (laughs) Okay. Our other passage today is Matthew 3. I'm going to start with reading the first bit. um, Matthew 3, 14 to 17 in, in the Passion. Then Jesus left Galilee to come to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But when he waded into the water, John resisted him saying, why are you doing this? I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you. And yet you come to be baptized by me? Jesus replied, it is only right to do all that God requires. Then John baptized Jesus. And as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him. And he saw the Holy Spirit descending out of heaven and rest upon him in the form of a dove. And then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, this is the Son I love, and my greatest delight is in him. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body and we were all given the one spirit to drink, to yield to, to be filled with, to be connected by. We read it was right for Jesus to be baptized. Jesus submitted to baptism and in that act of obedience, The righteousness of Jesus fulfilled the purposes of God and heaven opened and the Holy Spirit came down. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, the curtain was torn from top to bottom. Heaven opened. In baptism, we are connected by the Holy Spirit into one body with Jesus as its head, as our connector.
Matthew 4, 1 and 2. Afterwards, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing. And after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely weak and famished. Why? Why did the Holy Spirit lead Jesus on a 40-day fast? What did Jesus do for 40 days? I'm not going to answer that one. You can ask him that yourself. Let's look at Philippians. Philippians 2, verses 6 and 8. He, Jesus, existed in the form of God, and yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant, he became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was the perfect example, even in death. Jesus was going to face temptation as a human being. The Father's will The Holy Spirit's leading was that Jesus, stripped of his glory, living in the weakness of a human body, would prove that the power of the Holy Spirit within him as a man would be all sufficient to overcome the cravings of the human flesh. Jesus' human flesh. I can almost feel heaven and humanity holding their breath. Each strand of human weakness being pulled, taut, and each being overcome by the truth and empowering of the Holy Spirit within Jesus to enable him to continue to be obedient 40 days of fasting weakened his flesh. But oh my goodness, it strengthened his spirit. As it does ours. You can continue to, to read the, the rest of that, that uh, passage about the temptations, but for time's sake, I'm just going to draw out the three temptations because I think they are representative Um, they are the temptations that they were but I think for us they encompass um, a bigger picture so the first one was was for for Jesus in his extreme physical weakness and hunger would just turn these rocks into bread the cravings of the flesh and Jesus answered that with the I will only stand on what my father says, the word of God. And the Holy Spirit was, I am sure, convincing, convicting, speaking to Jesus to say, not yet, not yet. Of course he could have, of course he could have, but he was being obedient to the testing and he listened and he obeyed and 
he won the victory over the desires of his flesh by saying what God says, what God says is what I'm going to stand on. Isn't it great hearing Toby? How ridiculous. I love it when people's lives are completely bonkers. And he goes, do you know what? I don't care. And actually, as I'm going on, this is obviously I've gone off on a tangent now. I honestly get more bonkers as I get older. Praise God for bonkersness because because I don't want to grow old and staid and predictable. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit, full of the unexpected. I want to see God move in unexpected places. Okay, gets back on track. So, okay, that's that one. Do not put God to the test. Do you know, I... Oh, I can't take this off, really. Um, what, I just don't see the appeal of throwing yourself off a cliff. You know, of all the things to not put your God to the test... Really, maybe Phil does. Maybe a bit of skydiving would be right up his street. But please, not without the saily thing that you need. Um, but really, that, that's a real temptation to throw yourself off a mountain so some angels will stop you hurting your ankle? Well, there we are. Apparently. Um, but what the bigger, what the bigger message is? Don't put God to the test just to prove something. Don't put God to the test just to prove something. Don't be reckless. Don't be casual. Yeah, don't put your God to the test. Listen to the word of God and believe it. And then the third one, you can have all the kingdoms. No idols. Nothing comes in front of God. Not money, not a claim, and not individuals. These are not things that we instantly overcome. This are, these are the battles that we face moment to moment, day to day, week to week, year to year. These are the battles where our flesh would rise up in different circumstances. And the Holy Spirit says, no, this is not good for you. This is not obedient. This will not bring the bonkers miracles that you're asking me for. Because they go hand in hand. You have to be full of the Holy Spirit, which means... You need to not offend him. But it's a journey. And it's a journey that we are all on. And it's a journey that actually doesn't cease until we move on into the age to come. So, let's go back to where we started. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, how? How? How do we do this? We connect. Now, what I'm going to say now, I honestly do, I am aware that I run the risk of being misheard and misunderstood. But it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. The Spirit longs intensely to connect with each of us. To lead us, to equip us, to empower us, to teach us. James 4 verses 5 and 6. Does the scripture mean nothing to you? 
that says the Spirit of God breathed in our hearts. He is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us, but he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. We test his patience, but thank goodness for us, his patience endures forever. We connect, we connect. We connect by giving the Holy Spirit our undivided attention. Turn down the noise, hone out the distractions, and just allow him rule and reign, yield. Ask for his leading. Ask him to show you more and more about what he loves in Jesus, what he loves in you, what he loves in the world. Now, here's the tricky bit. I think for some people, how the church has held up particular ways of growing this connecting, this infilling, this overcoming the flesh life, the very thing that holds life for sure, for some have become a mountain that they are unable to scale. And they have been left feeling less instead of more. How many New Year's resolutions start with, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. I'm going to have a quiet time every morning and I'm going to fast regularly. These are good good things and for all of us if we could do them they would give us measures of fruitfulness but what if this for you is a mountain that you cannot climb or a rule that simply kills your desire so as I wrote this I had a picture of a light bulb hanging from the ceiling and a step stool and the person was, had climbed the step stool to the top of the steps, but the step stool wasn't underneath the light. So not only couldn't they reach, but they were actually in danger of falling off. The word of God is beautiful. It is full of life and healing and love. The spirit of God longs for you to allow him to start to teach you from it. But the Holy Spirit will connect with you wherever you are in the ways. Okay, so if the ways you have tried up to now have left you feeling inadequate, judged, guilty, less, then I would gently suggest that the step stool might be in the wrong place. And the Holy Spirit of grace will meet you wherever you are and lead you into all truth, enabling you to soar. God wants you to soar, not be crushed by rules and legalism and regulation. He wants you to soar. He wants you to spend time with him. How you do that, let him instruct you. Don't listen to rules, regulations, format. Somebody else's journey to life. They might be good, but they might not be for you. And if you're one of those that has found it really hard to access these disciplines, 
just move the step stool and let God meet you where you are. If you are sick, if you are hiding underground in Ukraine, if God forbid you are facing the night terrors of war, the Holy Spirit intensely desires to give you all that you need for you to hold on to the hope that is within you. And maybe for some, he will take your spirit and reveal to you the joy and promises of the age to come. The hope of where we're going might be the hope that needs to be breathed into you in the really difficult and tough and hard times. But we are the hope of the nations. The Holy Spirit in us is the light of the world. The authority of heaven within us by the power of the Holy Spirit to call heaven on earth. We need some heaven on earth. We need a lot more heaven on earth. And who is going to bring in heaven on earth? We are. We are as we allow the Holy Spirit to use us, to speak through us, to touch people, to bring love and life. Isn't it beautiful, all those humanitarian pictures of of just that selfless love? Yeah, anyway, another one. So that's it for talking because I really wanted to leave plenty of time for response. And And I would like us to respond in three ways this morning. The first one... If you have felt inadequate to do whatever you have felt a good Christian is supposed to do, if you have felt oppressed and less and unable and second rate and all of those things that have nothing to do with the heart of God and have everything to do with condemnation and the enemy, today, today let go. Let somebody pray and release you from that and just speak the words of love and truth from the Holy Spirit. So you can go to the back because that might be in need of a bit more privacy and a bit less loudness as somebody can actually hear what you want to say. And the same with if you are fighting um, and feel you're fighting a losing battle with your flesh and you need the Holy Spirit to come in and, and give you victory. That's at the back. If you want, if something of the Holy Spirit has stirred you to say, I want more. I want more. Do you know the best way to light a sparkler is with another sparkler? And there are lots of people here who know the Holy Spirit, who have the Holy Spirit within them. Please don't be shy. Please don't do the whole British thing of, oh, I'm only me. If you have the life of God, for goodness sake, let's give it away. Literally, let's, let's ignite each other. So, you know, if you've got that, we're going to do that in the front because that doesn't need a lot of words. That, that just need, you just need to stick a sparkler on top of another sparkler and they sparkle. So that's not complicated. That'll go in the front because you don't really need to hear. And if, and if you're sitting there and actually, no, not yeah, no, just sit quietly and yield to the Holy Spirit. Just lay it down and yield to the Holy Spirit and if within this wonderful muddle you go from there to here to there or there to there to there or there you know just whatever and if you have words if you have pictures if you have a tongue let's 
let's do, let's step out, let's, let's let God. Let's let God freely and fully fill us with his dynamic life. So if the worship band would like to come up, um, just take a moment to be quiet. That's always good while they get ready. <laughs>